Welcome to Trenos and the Lived Experience. I'm your host, Cameron Eileen Maharet Jarrell, aka Trenos. Say it with your whole chest, or sparks will fly from my eyes and fire will spew from my mouth, and I'll fuck this tap room up. This is Trenos and the Lived Experience, the show that um, threatens if you steal my sunshine. Today's episode is a continuation of Acid or Alkaline. We're going to delve more into uh, my feelings because it's my show. And if you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. But today's episode, as always, is brought to you by the meeting of music and marijuana. Today's song selection is brought to you by none other than the Stone Temple Pilots. It's one of my favorite songs in the world, and it's called Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart. Yeah, it sounds like I did drugs while they were naming that. And I probably did. <laughs> the strain of choice uh, this week is a good one, weighing in at 29% THC levels. It's the 29. It's pretty sick. Uh, I, I had to travel very far to get it. I'm not going to tell you where because I'm greedy and petty and I don't want to share. It's GMO Kush. Uh, it comes in at a 29% THC. It is a hybrid. It is a cross of GMO and Topanga Canyon OG. Both parents are known for their potent, flavorful buds that are beautiful and super powerful, perfect for concentration. GMO Kush puts out loads of resin that pumps out Kimmy and gassy terps alongside the smooth, creamy flavor. I'm going to let you know right now, I'm barely holding on. And I'm a pro at this shit. Um, so let's jump into the episode. Uh, today's episode's name is uh, Seeking After Survival. So yeah, like uh, the existential crisis that I had last episode has led me to think about a lot of things in my life. And... Uh, the, the thing that there's an overabundance of is disappointment, heartache, and pain. The thing that I have to seek out and um, the thing that I'm trying to find my way to is like a happier pl place, a happier me, a happier like, day. And it's super hard with everything that's going on around us. Like you have the news, you all are walking around with cell phones, so you already know what the fuck is going on. But I just so happen to live in the armpit of the world, Rochester, New York. So it's it's a little bit magnified because on top of everything else, you actually have to worry about like stepping outside and being murdered. So with that being said, I did a lot of self-reflection since last episode. And I realized something that I have a hard time seeing happiness because I'm prepared for like war all the time. I'm prepared for harm. I'm prepared for hurt. I'm prepared for fallout all the time. It's kind of all I've known. And, and not to take, not to sound like some asshole and say it's not my fault, but it's not my fault. I had no control over how I was born. I have no control over who I'm attracted to. I have no control over my race. I have no control over any of this. I didn't even fucking ask to be here, to be totally honest with you. If we could find the return receipt and send me back to wherever we were before I knew about all of this, I would be cool with that. Um, I just... The point is, I spent a lot of time in survival mode. I spent a lot of time in survival mode. And after speaking with, like, my closest, like, friends and family, like, after, like, having conversations with, like, B and having conversations with, with Tracy and, and, and Haley and Andrew and, like, Felicia, like, those are, like, the, that's my closest circle. As weird as it sounds, and, like, you don't really get it because you don't know the distance between all of us, like, only two of them live in this city. 
<laughs> the rest of my like closest friends live in other places. Like the the closest place beyond Rochester is six hours away. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really that's really what it is. And during COVID, something really strange happened to me. Like um, my survival mode was kicked into overdrive, and then it just never went away. Like I'm I'm always on guard. Like. I spend most of my day like trying to figure out how survival is going to be possible that day and not seeing it for like, oh, the sky is so beautiful or like mindfulness was stripped from me. You know what I mean? So in like seeking um, beyond survival, seeking a space after like that, that mode shuts off, which you have to do purposefully. Like it doesn't just go away. Like you have to concentrate on it, which is what I'm in the midst of doing now. Like I've been going to therapy for years and like as much as I wanted to, like there's so much other stuff to focus on that we never really focused on the fact that I am completely like like masters, like master instructed and master switched into survival mode. As far back as I can remember, I was always on edge. I always knew that something bad was going to happen. I was always aware when something bad was going to happen. And then I just had to survive it. I just had to push through it. I just had to work my way around it. And that that gives you tunnel vision. That gives you this sick tunnel vision. I remember, uh, I think it was 1987. Like, uh, my grandfather used to have these picnics at Genesee Park. Um, when we first got here, like, we would go to Genesee Park um, for my grandfather's picnics. He would have, like, the back-to-school picnic. And there were kids running around and playing with balloons. And he had games and, like, bobbing for apples and, like, winning prizes, giving away bikes. Like, and it was all family members. I felt so detached from them at seven, knowing that I was hella different from everyone else, that I knew I had to be guarded. So I spent the whole day paying attention to how I was acting and not what was going on. So I didn't experience the fun of that day. I couldn't. As a seven-year-old who knew that I was too effeminate to hang around boys. And that I was going to be called out every time I opened my mouth. Every time I moved. That I was going to become the focus of everyone's conversation. The minute I knew that that was going to happen. I couldn't focus on happiness anymore. I couldn't enjoy like the candy apples. I couldn't enjoy the games. Like I won some of these games. I just wasn't there. Like I would go into survival disassociation mode. It's the thing that I still do to this day. Like I have no control over it. Like once I'm so overwhelmed by everything that's going on, I just kind of shut off and I just move through automaton mode. Like I just kind of do. I no longer am. You know what I mean? And what I've been focusing on as of late Cause even though there's some tumultuous shit going on that I I'm, I don't have the capacity to share because it's just more of the same. It's more white people doing what white people do. <laughs> so like on top of that, what I've been trying to focus on is mindfulness. As a trans person, non-binary person, we all have to be cognizant of how much mindfulness we're spending, how much time we're existing on this plane, even though it might be fucked up all around us. Like we have to like see the joy in the sunrise still know that like the waves that happened on the water will never happen that exact way again. That's the beauty of existence. And often because we spend so much time just trying to exist, we never fully get to in the last eight, nine years, I've spent a whole lot more time fighting than I have 
being mindful or even practicing any sort of <laughs> consistent self-care, I often forget to eat. And it's, it's, it's a mechanism. It's a mechanism. It's like, oh, I have to stay ready. And if I'm too lethargic, I can't stay ready. And people think like you, you gain weight because you eat. No, you gain weight when you don't either. I am proof of it. <laughs> I am proof of it. My eating habits have not changed from the time period when I was an actual like avid athlete. It's just that I'm, I don't eat as much anymore. It's changed. That's what the one thing I don't eat as much anymore. Like, I mean, number of times, like I've probably eaten like, mm, I don't know, three times in the last like four days. And it's because I'm not hungry. My brain's telling me like, no, we can't carry all of that. We're too, we're too like high strung right now to like digest anything. So no. So I just, I sometimes don't get hungry. I sometimes get lost in conversations because I'm like trying to figure out all the angles of what's going on around me just to make sure that I'm protected. I'm always like, uh, like feeling like, uh, like, I don't know if the rest of you know what CPTSD senses are like, but like, I can feel like voices in the pads of my feet on the floor. Like I can sense who's coming. I can hear whispers when other people can't, like I can feel if something's off balance or if there's been a shift in the room that I'm standing in, like I can feel all of those things. And that took a lot of focusing and paying attention to it, which meant a lot of that time that I was spending focusing on that stuff, I was missing what was happening around me. So in Acid or Alkaline, I made a comment about how one of my friends made uh, a statement to the effect of, they don't think that I experience joy and I can't argue with them. Sometimes I, I have I had joyous moments in my life. Yes, but they were never about me. I revel in watching my like my my niece laugh and giggle. That's something that I love. Like that's something that I can totally be there for. I I love the sound of uh thought provoking music, but it's often triggered by needing to soothe myself after some BS. Uh, so maybe that's that, that. Those two things are for me. But like. I have a hard time. Uh, experiencing those things because I am overwhelmed. Uh, I'm overwhelmed by my senses. I'm overwhelmed by my pain. Uh, as much as I've been fighting to my entire life, I've tried to get rid of trauma, but no one gets rid of trauma. You just learn how to live with it. And I haven't yet. Some of it is is so new that I have no idea how to deal. Like, it's like delving back out there into the working world. Like, I'm trying to, like, this is the job that I want. What I'm doing right now is the job that I want. But I do need to supplement some things. And for me to be living in my bus, I need a certain amount of uh, stability. I need, like, I need to know that money's coming in consistently. Because, once again, as an outlier, you can't trust anyone but yourself. Um, I need to know that things are happening. So I'm looking out for like jobs and those things like that. And I'm so terrified of going back into the on-site workspace because I haven't had to be there in the last three years. Um, it's not easy as a trans person to, to work with people because they can't get over the fact that you're there to do a job when they think you shouldn't exist. So, so that's a thing that occupies my mind. But today I took some time. I listened to some Stone Temple Pilots, which reminds me of like the first time. Like, okay, let's let's talk about a story that brings me great joy. The first time I saw myself, 
in a mirror as a woman. I was about 15. I think 15 or 16. Um, Stone Temple Pilots was my favorite man. I had a huge crush on Scott Weiland, even though like having a crush on Scott Weiland is a red flag. If you had a crush on Scott Weiland in the 90s, you are in a fucked up state right now. I, I, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there. You're in the fucked up state right now. Um, I went to a friend's house. Her name was Jennifer, and like she passed away, but like I miss her because she was like the first person who saw me for who I was. The first girl that saw me for who I was, and like had no qualms with it. Like felt safe around me, felt comfortable around me, treated me like a person, treated me like who she knew I was. So, like, we used to, like, hang out, and I'd go to her house, and we'd, like, sit in her room and listen to music, and her mom was really cool about having me over there, and, like, they lived in the suburbs, and I was, like, a city foster kid, and they would let me come out and hang out every once in a while, and we were sitting in Jen's room on her bed, and she's like, I got you something, and I was like, what? And she was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna surprise you. So, what she did was, she put on Scott Weiland, and we started listening to, like, Plush, and because Plush is one of my favorite Stone Temple Pilot songs, um, Tripping on a Hole in a Paper Heart will come in later. Uh, so we listened to Plush over and over again because we were both early onset autistics that nobody diagnosed. So we listened to it for like fucking, I want to say at least an hour. And in that hour's time, like she sat me down in a chair and she was like playing with her brushes on my face and doing makeup and stuff like that. And then she like, I had kind of longer hair and then she put it into like pigtails and uh, like, like tucked it so she can put a wig on me. She put a wig on me and then she opened this box that she had on her bed and she gave me this beautiful dress that she kept. Like I never got to take it home. I wasn't allowed to wear it anywhere else. I, I really wish I had that dress. Um, she gave me this beautiful dress and right as she was passing it to me, now this will tell you about the technology. She bumped the CD player and it started playing a tripping on a hole in a paper heart. And it is the first time that I felt gender euphoria. It's the first time I saw myself the with the possibility of what I could become. It's the first time I felt safe in front of another person. It's the first time that anyone took the time to care for me in that matter. And it was the first time that I practiced self-care. Before that, I was just a chaos monster. I was self-destructing. I, I would lash out. I would fight. I was really only cool to her. <laughs> like, I was really only cool to her. Everybody else kind of hated me because, like, I wasn't present. I wasn't present. Um, they would be telling stories that I couldn't hear. They would be sharing experiences that I couldn't relate to. And I was just kind of, like, floating. And that brings me back to modern times. That is currently what I'm doing. I'm just floating. I want to become more cognizant of the time that I have left. I saw a TikTok, and it was it was shared by um by my one of one of my other close friends, Arwen Kansky. She is uh the host of Cardboard Time, and we we talk a lot. And she shared this thing on TikTok where a person had shared that like they were like the third trans person they have saw with gray hair. And I have gray hair, and that's something to rejoice in. But at the same time, it's like, how much of that life did I live? 
And it's then I don't want you thinking about it like being sad. Like this is a real question for me because hopefully you'll learn from what I'm experiencing. And no, this isn't me trying to groom anyone. Um, because just because I say something to a younger version of me doesn't mean that's what's happening. I can relate to what they've been through, just like a a, a parent figure or a, a mother or a father or a uncle or a, a, like an older friend or a mentor can relate. I can relate to what it's like to walk around in such fear that you forget to live. I think what we're focusing on nowadays is, and that's the whole pivot for the show, is that I want to be able to share more experiences like the first time I felt gender dysphoria. Because that was really a happy moment in my life. It's the first time I remember genuinely smiling. Ever. Um... I've learned how to mimic emotions. Uh, I I rarely really feel anything, but that is the first time that I did. Um, I've learned to mimic laughter. I've learned to mimic comfort. I've learned to mimic all of those things. And in learning to do those things, you have to give away a certain amount of time. When you give out time, that means you're not out here living. I had a lot of wild adventures. And, uh, and for the wild adventures that I've had, I only remember a handful because that's the number of times that I was actually present. Um, I'm working today on being present. Today was a tumultuous day and I had to deal with a lot of bullshit today. I'm not going to get into a lot of it because we're not going to fucking focus on that bullshit. Um, but I, I, I took some time for myself today. I made some tea. I went and searched for this GMO that we're about to fuck up in a minute. Um, I really like took some time when I was walking because I had to walk because I like to walk in my neighborhood. I got like a I got like a, a bus and it, it doesn't make for like, oh, I need to go to the corner. So I'm going to heat up this bus and drive all the way to the corner when I can just get out of the bus and walk to the corner. <laughs> so I, I went for a, a brisk little walk. It's kind of cold here today. It's about 32 degrees and snowing. Uh, but I decided that I was going to go outside and enjoy some time in, in nature, regardless of the fact that nature in the winter seems more dead than anything. Um I still like wanted to go outside and make sure that I was trying to find the beauty in like snow and the, the different shapes of the flakes and the sound of, of, of tires in it, the, 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 the heartbeat of like the city around me, the lack of birds, the, the, the sound of the wind, the creaking of the trees. I just tried to be very, very like mindful, very aware, very in the moment. Because that's really the only time that you have is the moment. You, you don't even have the moment beyond it. You're not even promised that. So I walked um, to my local dispensary that I'm not going to tell you about because I don't want to share. This shit is exclusive. Y'all can't have none. Um, yeah, for me, nigga, like you can't have none. Um, <laughs> I, I walked to the dispensary. I spoke with the, uh, with the, the man about the haberdashery. I liked his haberdashery, so um, I got what I needed. I, I walked outside, and I was cutting through like alleys that I normally cut through, which is dangerous. Don't do that. <laughs> and 
something that like at the end of the alley is the end of my street. Like you come out from behind this apartment building and it's like the end of my street where I'm like parked and where my studio is. And I come out into this opening and I look down the street and like for a second, like I kind of looked up and I realized that like every tree was like perfectly covered in snow. Like perfectly, like nothing showing, like just like every tree's covered in snow. Everything looks like it's made of styrofoam. And like how that instant will never happen again. How I will never have that glimpse at that moment, at that angle, at those trees ever again. There's no way for me to repeat that. I can try to duplicate it, but like to like actually repeat it, there's no way that it'll ever happen again. And there's a sadness in that, but there's also like a discovery and then a joy, like a moment that you realize that like, I'm here. Because you have to think about it at this mode. Against all odds, you exist. Everything in the universe says that you shouldn't exist. Everything. And that's just across the board. That's in general. You know how many people don't exist? You know how many people will never exist? It's a lot more than the, than the people who are actually here. So for you to be here means that the odds were unfathomably insurmountable. And now you exist. And then you throw in societal norms. And then it gets even crazier for a person like me. The fact that I'm here in this time period, even though this is a hellscape in the worst time period. Um, no, I'm going to take that back. I'm not going to say it's the worst time period. I think it's bad because we know the things that we've done and we know the things that we've achieved. And now we've decided to recycle some of the bullshit that we've done. So I'm not going to call it the worst. But to live in such a time. To be brown. To be over the age of 40, to have gray hair, to be a trans woman. Like, I fought with everything I had, even as a single-celled like, organism, to be here. And I deserve to take moments. To feel like snowflakes on my face. To hear, like, the wind against my windows. To hear the conversations of the drunkards walking up and down the street. To hear the sirens pass me as they're chasing someone who stole a Kia. Y'all need to stop that shit, by the way. Y'all wildin'. Um, the, the, that's, that's, the, that's living in the moment. That's living in the moment. And there's no key thing that I can pinpoint my happiness to. Yet. But I'm I'm learning. I'm trying. The world has stacked a lot against my kind. And you can take that however you want to. Black, trans, black and trans. Um, a lot of fucking foolery and foolishness. Um, we're not going to really get into talking about what what is going on. Because we all know. And like I said, we all have... Uh, we all have world libraries. Um, we all have the news. Please learn to do research. If anything, like Google, how do I research so you can stop misinforming each other? But like with everything going on, I want to take this moment in my 42nd year around the sun on this hellscape called Earth to realize that like we don't have a lot of time left and that I need to take advantage of whatever I have. 
that as sad as the world has been, I still, as a living being, deserve to be happy, to feel joy, to share moments. Now, I know that felt deep to you, but that's as nice as I get. <laughs> that's as nice as I get. Um, maybe it'll change. Every day, I'm going to try a little more. I'm going to do a little bit more. I'm going to become a little bit braver. My circle is going to open a little bit more. The range in which I'll move will become a little bit bigger because it has to. For me to exist, I need to exist. No more planes walking. Hmm. With that being said, we're going to take a little bit of time and hit this GMO kush, kush at 29% THC level. It's about to be a banger. So if you hear click, click, cough, cough, be a fucking adult of all things, okay? You've been here long enough to know that I smoke weed. Oh, another thing that I'm happy about. I smoke a lot of weed. Um, Sponsor me, nigga. If you're looking for somebody who smokes and will give you a real review, my name is Kamrayin Elin Maharetrel, a.k.a. Tranos. And I does this. Click, click, cough, cough. Holy shit. <coughs> Leave that shit in. Don't edit that out. Another hit. Another one. Okay. Whew. Well. I mean, they're right. Like, that's really punchy. And it tastes really good. Like, the, the terpenes are perfect. It's really good. Very earthy. It feels like someone, like, like punched me in the face with a handful of smoke. It's great. Um... Yeah. I'm going to take more time, like, it, like languishing in the taste of food. Really sitting with a cup of tea. Not just, like, going through the motions. I think that's what happened to me. I think because of the trauma and the isolation and the having to wear this guise, like, I never learned to experience things. I was always, like, on guard and on my job of, like, hiding like, I always had to hide something about me. I had to hide my sexuality. I had to hide my gender identity. I had to hide my love for things. I had to hide my love for people. I had to hide my, like, romantic relationships for decades. That takes an effect on you. And I think I never really, like, I thought, like, oh, you walked through it. You walked through it. You got to the other side. But did I? Did I? I had to shut off being a human for a long period of time. And it's hard to get back into the swing of it. But I think I'm on my way. Now, if you're feeling that way, please contact us. <laughs> um, uh, we can be reached at the, 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 it'll be in the bio. You'll see the contacts in the bio. We'll get, like, if you want to drop any questions, anything like that, we have a website there. 
an email address that you'll be able to get into. Also, check us out on Instagram at Tranos Lives. Um, uh, I don't do Twitter so much anymore. Uh, thanks, Elon. Um, yeah, check us out on Facebook. We got a new Facebook page. It's Tranos and the Lived Experience. Check it out. Please like and share. Subscribe to it. Help a bitch get some money so I don't have to go back into the real workforce. I don't want to do that. Um, this has been Tranos and the Lived Experience. My name is Kamrayeen Elin Maharet Jarrell, a.k.a. Tranos. Say it with your whole chest, or I'm going to become real mindful of your ass. And this has been Tranos and the Lived Experience, the show that lives again. <laughs>